Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter. Uh, this week, we've changed things up a little bit. You'll notice uh, not my normal offsider and co-host. This week, instead, someone that has a lifetime of experience to share with us. That is my father, John. Hey, Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing fine and uh, looking forward to having a chat to you. Good. Oh, well, let's see what we can pull out of this. So uh, I guess the, the premise for this, we always talk about um, enthusiasm is no substitute for wisdom and there's no substitute for the university of life and experience that comes with it. Big birthday for you tomorrow, buddy. What are you turning tomorrow? Well, I should be 80. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit wiser now after having the university of life. <laughs> I'm a little bit wiser now to things, especially money. And I love money. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get to that as we get in, but I guess you can't go through 80 years on this planet without learning a thing or two. And hopefully, uh, as you say to me, the old man can still show you a thing or two. So I guess I've had the wisdom of some great counseling uh, from both you and mum over the years. And uh, let's hope we can share that with our audience today. So I've got a few uh, areas maybe for us to focus on and have a chat, but why don't we start off um, going back in the day? I mean, how, how many brothers and sisters did you have? Ten of us in our family. Okay. And most of five still alive. And, uh, you know, unfortunately now, I'm, as you say, 80 tomorrow. And uh, I'm not going up. I'm afraid it's coming down now. Good stuff. We'll keep it that way. We want to see you for a lot longer. And I guess growing up, um, you know, in what would have been, you know, the 1940s in the UK, uh, how many bedrooms in your house with 10 of you living in it? Three. Three bedrooms, so pretty snug. It was pretty snug and a big landing. Big landing. Well, you used to sleep on the landing, didn't I, you? Yes, I did. I used to sleep on the landing with a, another brother. And, uh, of course, the toilet was outside. Yeah. And you could imagine, with ten people, you needed somewhere to go. And, unfortunately, there was a bucket on the landing, so <laughs> it was my bedroom. So you... Uh, Pretty intimate relationship. It was exactly, <laughs> with 10 people. Now, now for people, people listening to this, especially my generation and people that are younger, like listening to that sort of thing is, it, it's almost hard to believe that that was, for a lot of people, certainly in your case, the norm. So much has changed in that 80 years. And I remember you, you saying to me the other day, you know, obviously you live in the UK, you've flown out here, you're in Australia on holiday with us at the minute. When you were growing up, looking up, and what was your thoughts when you saw an airplane, for example? Oh, I, I remember when I was about eight years old and I looked up in the sky and I see an airplane. I thought, will I ever have a ride in an airplane? It was just somewhat beyond my expectations. But now, expectations are wonderful. I'm on airplanes. I'd like to go to the moon even. Never know. Uh, if Richard Branston come up and said, John, uh, use a seat, go in. <laughs> I'd have to ask you for the money, of course, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like the trip. But travel now is wonderful. Mm. It's, it, 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 it's when you sort of think about that, looking up at a plane and wondering whether you're going to go on it and yet, you know, 20, 26 hours and, you, and you're back in the UK or 26 hours and you're here. Let's dive into um, four or five key points around the subject of money because I, I, I think you've been retired now for 22 years. Uh, yes, 23 years. I retired at 58. Now, my father always used to say to me, Johnny boy, look after the pennies and the pounds that take care of themselves. 
and I think it's a wise thing as well. That, that that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because yeah, we're obviously in in the money and investing space, and and people think about pennies. Oh, yeah, it's just changed. Don't even worry about it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you see people all the time throwing them back in the tip jar at at a pub uh, or or at a coffee shop or whatever it may be. But the actual wisdom of looking after the pennies and what they can grow into, whilst you know we're dollars and cents here rather than pounds and pennies, the way that technology is let forward. That ability to dismiss how important saving the pennies has actually been the platform for, there's a company, for example, called Acorn now, which if you do a transaction on your credit card, and let's say the transaction is is $4.95, what it does, it actually rounds up the transaction to $5 and it takes those five cents or five pennies and it puts them in an offset account that effectively you can invest over time. And I guess that in the 21st century, you know, here we are in 2022, is an example where technology now means that it's never been easier for people to look after the pennies and actually start investing them. I mean, it's just, it's the same narrative, but technology, I guess, is very different from putting a couple of coins in your pocket. Yeah, oh, I would say so. I mean, when I was a kid, you could never imagine that you'd go to the wall and get money. But I can remember my mother in sale saying to me, when I asked her for something, she used to say, well, out in the garden, there's a money tree. <laughs> Go out there and pick it. But it's almost like going to the hole in the wall now, isn't it? It is, I guess. You know, you put your card in, you get your money. I guess the difference but, is you've got to make sure you're yeah, watering uh, that tree, right? Oh, yes. You've got to put some out on the tree mm. or in the tree, whichever you want. But uh, no, technology is wonderful. And uh, let's hope it goes on that way for the next 50 years. God knows what his technology is going to be in 50 years' time. I couldn't even imagine what's going to be that happening. Well, me neither. Uh, and and it's, it, it, is, it is incredible, the pace of change and what's changed. Changing gears a little bit, let's talk now. Um, you know, so I guess, yes, look after the pennies would be sage advice to anybody and, and, and using acorns or something like that to invest in has made it easy to do in today's world. Let's move on to some different experience in life. I, I, one of the things that... Um, I spent a lot of time, a lot of summer holidays helping you. Uh, slave labor, I think it probably would be called now, but I thought it was <laughs> father-son bonding time. Um, yeah, you did a bit of work on the building site. So what sort of lessons would you take out of working, say, with timber and on the building site? Oh, building. Oh, yes. You always measure twice and cut once because if you don't, you can't stick it back on, boy. You know that. Very true. Whatever it might be, it might be a 10-foot piece of timber. It might be a 5-foot piece of steel. Once it's you, cut. Once it's cut, it's cut. Mm. So measure twice, cut once. Now, but, that, uh, that, that, that's a quote, if I can take that, that I reckon... I've regurgitated. I'll give you credit for it. I always do when I use the story. Uh, and that is exactly um, where I heard it in the context of, of, of school holidays and whatnot working with you. Um, in the trading space, you think, oh, you know, the stock market is online. It's all in the big cities and everything. But that that importance of measuring twice and cutting once is something that we drill into our clients when it comes to placing a trade in the market. So we say to them, look, double check what you're doing. Measure twice before you hit the go button because you know there are an awful lot of ways of losing money in the investing space but making a mistake in the way that you place that by not measuring it or checking the details properly is probably unforgivable so that that's something that i know um is has has really stood our clients in great stead over the years interesting to hear its uh, yes, its origins yes but uh, no uh, when you're working with uh, other people's money as well like uh, their materials which they bought Mm. and you just 
muck them up or can't use them, then somebody's going to lose money. Yep. So you, you've got to look after those pennies and you've got to measure twice and cut once. I think attention to detail, whatever you do, is important, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. I guess, you know, we're in a very distracted world today where you're trying to have a conversation with someone. And I mean, normally if you and I are sitting down having a yak, it's probably over a beer, uh, which is which is always great fun. A um, bit harder to do that in the workplace. But that attention to detail um, is, is absolutely crucial. And we're in a very distracted world now with the internet and 300 TV channels and, uh, and everything else that kind of goes on. I'm starting to sound like an old man myself when I say this. <laughs> But having focus on, on what you want is, is, I guess, pretty important. Oh, yeah, it's what you want out of life. I always wanted to have some money in my pocket, which I never had when I was a youth growing up. And that's where it all started. I worked hard, but never played hard. But now I'm 80, I'm not working, and I'm playing hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, I think if, I, I, I'm sure I heard you talking to Emma, my wife, about uh, this the other day. Uh, yes or no? Are you still saving, even though you've been retired for 22 years? Do you still manage to save? Believe it or not, I've never been so well off in my life. I cannot spend my pension. So I'm, I'm saving a little bit, but <laughs> I'm also spending a little bit as well. I think you're spending a reasonable amount. Don't forget, we've got five grandchildren I've now, so I'm five, sure. No, no, that's <laughs> correct. But uh, yes, I still save. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to come back to that, if I can, Dad, um, because, again, we're in an age where, yeah, we've seen through, for example, COVID, people have started to save a lot more money because they haven't been able to go out or maybe go overseas on a holiday and all the different things that, that can chew up your cash. Um, how important do you think that building that disciplined habit of saving actually is if you want to achieve some level of financial freedom? Well, I think it starts from a very young age. I mean, I was brought up in a different age to you. I was brought up in an age where you had nothing. Hmm. So where, when you do get something, you really appreciate it and look after it. Hmm. And money is uh, suddenly become your god. Yeah. And I mean, it's beautiful to have money. When you've got money, life's much easier. If you owe money, you haven't got any money. Hmm. Someone owns you. Yeah. You've got to pay back. So I never had a purchase in my life. I never owed money hmm. because I don't see the reason giving it to somebody because I borrowed a few quid off of you and then paying you £10 back on it. Hmm. I know sometimes in life you've got to have... Yeah, buying your home, for example, yes. you've got to, got to have one. Okay, on that, that's, you're, that's an investment as well, because you know you that's going up. You yeah. could sell it and you could always get your money back nine yeah. times out of ten, anyhow. Yeah. So on that, I always remember as I was a kid, uh, and it's again, it's a lesson that stuck with me. In fact, it's featured in this podcast to our audience you know, several times. And that is the question of, do you need it or do you want it when it comes to spending money? Exactly. I, I'm down here on the Gold Coast today with you, and I haven't been down here for two years. And I was going by past the shops, which I used to go in daily when I lived here, hmm. buying something. Hmm. Didn't really want it then. Hmm. But today, now, do I need it or do I want it? Hmm. And so yeah. it's easy to walk by if you've got that in your head. And 
I guess, you know, borrowing money, like you talked about buying buying your house, I guess great advice. What would you recommend if, you, if you've got a mortgage, what would you advise people to do? If I buy to what I live in. No, if you if you have a mortgage, yes. if you've got that, which is good debt, if it's on an asset like a house, what advice would you give someone like that? Would you try and string that mortgage out or get it paid off? Or get it paid off. Mm. I would. Because uh, I manage, I had to take a mortgage up and it worried me to death for 11 years. I had it over 25, but bought it in 11. Wow. Because I just was obsessed with work and money mm. and get rid of the debt best thing I ever done. Well, I suppose it gives you, in your case, 11 years to get your mortgage paid off and you've had basically 50 years of financial freedom without yes. having to, to, yes. to, to, to owe money to somebody. These days, you, know, you mentioned higher purchase. And again, yeah, we spoke earlier about acorns and, and the pennies. The same analogy, higher purchase isn't so much something that exists these days, but instead um, there are those buy now, pay later, things like afterpay where you, you, you literally can have it now and you pay it off over four or six installments. Yes. Yeah. Good or bad thing that people can get access to money that easily? Bad. Bad to me. It gives a wrong impression to the family, in my opinion, children. Hmm. See that you just go and get it money, don't even know where money comes from. Yeah. They don't know the value of money. Hmm. And that's the way they go on in life. That's, that's a really interesting lens to look through because I hadn't really considered that, but perhaps as a father, I guess I've still got a lot of parenting uh, skills to learn from you, but it's not something I'd considered from a, in front of your family kind of, kind of aspect, more in terms of your own sort of gratification. You buy something, you don't even want it, but because you don't have to pay for it now, uh, it doesn't carry any value. But what you've just touched on there, that is pretty smart. Good reason for having on the podcast, I suppose. And that's the example that you set your kids. So if you're free and easy with money, spend hard, die young, have a great time, how do you think that sort of moves itself on to that next generation? Is it a, is it a good example to set or, 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 or not, do you think? Well, I, I do, the, the, the old world has changed. It's out there, it's on the market, and compared with my childhood, your childhood and your children's childhood is completely different to how I was brought up, mm. and you were brought up, and they're being brought up. Living with them, with the, what I see they've got out of life already in their life, is, is beyond belief to what you had mm. and what I had and the people before me had. Yeah. But uh, the old world is a throwaway society now. Nobody values anything. Mm. Well, uh, that's not quite right, but values have gone out the window now. Okay, so just on that, and, and again, it's interesting because obviously you've been living with us for the last three months and you see what goes on in, in our joint with our kids. Oh, yes. And, and I try quite hard, or at least I think I try quite hard. I don't like, and I don't want to spoil my kids at the same time, I want to give them an opportunity. When I look at what they have compared to what I had, or perhaps when you look at what I had or indeed what my kids have got, I actually don't feel the least bit envious going, I wish I had that. I'm, I'm so grateful that I had the childhood that I did because of the values that it installed in me. What's, what's your take on that? Well, when I was a child, uh, as I say, I keep harping on about how poor I was, you know. I always remember uh, me going out, my mother used to say to me, go out and sharpen the knife, John, on the step, Sunday mornings, and I would be out sharpening the knife and they used to walk by and think we had meat for 
for dinner. That was only sharp men in the night to give him that impression. <laughs> That's how bad things were. But uh, today, now you can walk by and smell the okay, body. Well, on that note, that was what you did then. So let's just articulate this. So you, you go and sharpen a knife on the front steps, so the neighbours would walk by thinking you had like a roast beef or something when, joint, when, you, yeah. when, you, when you didn't have it. No. These days, I guess the modern equivalent of that would be Instagram, where you're taking photos of stuff that's not necessarily your lifestyle to try and portray things you don't have. So I guess in a way it's the same. We just use social exactly. media now. Yes. Yes, you're right. I mean, but quality of life is much, much better and... Uh, Food is more hmm. accessible to. Do you, do you think people are happier now, but or do you think you were happier in your time oh, when you were a kid? Oh, we had a happy childhood. Hmm. We had uh, plenty of love because parents always loved. You didn't hear about uh, these things. What goes on today with hmm. families and children? Yeah. There wasn't the divorces or separations or yeah. very very few. And uh, no, I don't uh, envy. That what's in life today, with uh, it's changed so much, but it's so accessible for people to have everything, mm. anything they want. They can go down the supermarkets here on the shelf. Um, too easy or too easy? No, too easy. It's too easy to too have easy. stuff. Too easy. It's like everything's accessible, but you know, it's wonderful thing that it is, but it can get you into a lot of debt hmm. because you're having something that you can't afford half the time. Yeah, well, that's very true. Yeah. One, of, one of the things that you just mentioned in, in passing there, and I'd like to try and hone in on that if I can, um, you mentioned back in, 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 in when you were growing up, you know, the divorce rate or separation is much different. You know, one of the things that I would say if I had to give someone the single biggest piece of financial advice would be to don't get divorced get in a good marriage and more importantly stay in a good marriage so I mean you and mum were married for 49 years before yes. before she passed away that's right happily married mm. how uh, important do you think it is having that, that partner oh, that supports important. you very very important I mean I, I, I don't think I'd have what I got to today if it had been for my wife mm. I mean um, um, I said to her well I wouldn't what I said to her when I was at the altar putting the ring on and she looked me straight in the eye and then looked up, she said, I'll alter him. <laughs> and that was it, alter him. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to reuse that joke, I think. That, that's, and, a, that's a ripper. <laughs> also, she said, uh, if the, uh, well, I said it to her, I said, if there's any major decisions in this house, in our lifetime, I should make them. And in the 49 years, I never made one. <laughs> We might pause on the on the on the on the on the jokes for a minute on the. Well, it wasn't the joke. Yeah. It was a, a reality. I, I didn't have to make any. It was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> so forty nine years having a supportive partner, and, and and I see and I see this unfortunately with some of our clients. I see it certainly with some of our friends. I've seen it with some of our family too. Uh, and when you see someone go through a divorce, financially it's buckling because you know if there are kids involved or or, or other factors. Well, that's right. Yeah, financially it's devastating emotionally it's devastating and you know i guess it's kind of ironic because i'm, I'm married to a divorce lawyer and, and, and emma's seen this sort of stuff firsthand in her professional uh, career it's never the same the second time around yeah. yet people can oftentimes think the grass is greener and, and and make that decision i guess pay for it for the rest of their life 
Well, no, I think it's the husband and wife. It's their, uh, but it's what they put on the children. It's such uh, scars the children's mind as they grow up. They grow up different to the person what they would have been hmm. had they stayed with their parents. But split marriages, or call it what you like, divorces, it's a hell of a thing in life for children. And sometimes the man or the woman, you know, if it go, goes on, it can be devastating. Hmm. It, you know, even suicidal to yeah. people. So, it's like, you know, this COVID, what it's done to children's schooling. Yeah. None of us could ever imagine that not going to school, a child would lose five or six years of their education and in their mind and everything. At, at a crucial growth stage, yes. for sure. Yes. So going back to you know, the money and investing side, like marriage in particular, I mean, that partnership, that robust platform, you know, if you, if you, you, know, you game plan in life and, and planning things out, nothing happens by accident. Choose a partner wisely and, and, and rather than just do the sales pitch and marry someone, put the work in on the back end to keep that relationship oh, yes. alive. And as a team, it, would you suggest that it's one plus one is always equal to at least three or four rather yes. than two? Well, what it is, if you work together as a team and which you do if you've got a happy marriage or mm. uh, you run it by the wife or she runs it by you and you come with a decision. Mm. I suppose it's the same as stocks and shares. Because you think it looks good, it might not be. But if you have a <laughs> chat with the missus about uh, something, she might say, no, I don't think that's a good idea. We ought to go somewhere else for holidays. Mm. And after you realise it was a good decision. Mm. If you discuss it with somebody or look at it in a different light. Yeah. Two heads are better than one. And I guess yeah. if you're on the same page as a team, you can get there. Yes. It's yes, interesting. It so 80 years tomorrow is your birth. 80 years tomorrow. Lots happen. Lots, lots happen. Just this little chat with you. I mean, we could sit here for three or four weeks. We might do that over a beer later uh, on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Three or four beers. Certainly. Uh, can, I, can I ask you a question on that, if I may? Uh, and I guess it's, it's a very difficult question to ask in that it's a hypothetical. But if you had your time over again, what would you what would you do differently? Would there be anything? And if it was, what would it be? Oh, I would try harder at school. I wish I had uh, a better education. You know, the warriors, where there was forty nine children in our class, mm. and you know, to learn the alphabet was a, yeah. a major thing. Or tell the time. Yeah. You can't teach forty nine children in a class. Yeah, and uh, but. Then I didn't like going to school either because it was boring. Yeah, you, you thought to... it was boring, and if you could walk work for old Charlie Jones up there and feed his chickens in the morning and help out milking at night and get a ninepence, you, you preferred doing that to listen to Mrs. Bond teaching, telling you the time and all yeah. this. Um, now education is wonderful, and if you. You don't need brains if you've got education. I know that sounds a bit... Uh, Very true. But uh, if you've got education, why would you want a brain? Mm. So last point to, uh, to to finish us up on, and, and, and this is quite the departure from our normal kind of chat that we that we have. And it's so insightful that, you know, you're looking through lenses that have been developed over a long, long time on the planet and bringing it into context with things like Instagram rather than what your neighbors think or acorns instead of watching the pennies and saving the pounds. The whole notion of getting debt paid down and how much debt people carry is, can be quite a toxic thing, can put a strain on a relationship. All of those things 
are as relevant today as perhaps they may have been, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago. And we look through lenses these days, of course, that that are politically correct, uh, that, that are in our opinion at least a more intelligent or more refined view yet the basic skills working hard saving being diligent paying attention marrying well looking after the pennies so that you can build up an asset base it's avoiding debt these are all skills that someone can apply today in today's world and set themselves on a arguably far better trajectory than they might be under their current direction i think so yes i mean in my day there was no drugs as such where drugs now mm. uh, is uh, spoiling the world. Yeah. No, I don't mean medical drugs. I mean yeah, illicit drugs, drugs illegal drugs. Yeah. Uh, and it's really one of the worst things in Can, our ge- uh, younger generation. Okay, so on that, Dad, and we're a bit off piece, but hey, you know, as you know, we'll talk about anything all day long. Do you think that the the, the amount of of illegal drugs, illicit drugs that are being used, do you think that people were happier? in your younger years or do you think people are happier now oh i i had a happy childhood Mm. so i can say we were happy we were happy what was there to Mm. be had yeah there was it wasn't you couldn't get it so you had what you had and it was happy times and you were content with it rather than exactly we could play in the roads and just all the kids used to have a party in the village. Yep. It was your birthday. We all played together as friends and still friends to this day. Yeah. You know, oh, it was a very happy times. Yeah. Sad times at the time, but happier times than they are today. I think today's world with social media in particular has created this curated thing where people are dissatisfied. They want more than what they have and they're prepared yes. to go into debt. They compromise their values right. and chase things that really a smoke and mirrors and i think that authentic life of back then and we say back then talking about the growing up in the 1940s and 50s it was a very a very honest time that was very real and and perhaps that's part of the reason why you see more people maybe doing drugs now because they're dissatisfied or they're looking for that instant gratification as a concluding point in terms of um money and investing which is which is my gig this is what we do here um, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground and, and, and in a way it's been a rambling conversation, but the values within this conversation, I think are as current today as they would have been 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. I've been very, very lucky in that I've had a very robust and solid family and I've had good mentors, i.e. you and mum and some other people that have come in more recently in my life. Yeah, we've covered a fair bit of ground in here and um, it's been a different kind of conversation than we normally have in this room. Um tremendous wisdom in there what would your thoughts be on you know a lot of people criticize say like you know the older generation what value do they have on today's society do you think there's value that can get passed on from one generation to the next even though we're in a technology world or a social media world the wisdom the values if you will how important do you think it is to pass that on to the next generation oh very important i mean the skills uh what are dying is uh, terrible to do anything because if you go down Bunnings, you can get anything you want. It's not worth repairing. You just buy it. But years ago, people used to repair stuff. Yeah. You know, but today, there's no, you you don't repair anything. Disposable society. and, and, so, and Exactly. And pay, pay for it on your credit card and rack pay up some more debt. Pay for it on the credit card. You don't even know how much it is. Yeah. It, it's so, just... So one of the things, sorry to cut you off, Dad, one of the things you mentioned, like, you know, skills dying off, 
one of the big ones is the art of conversation to actually be able to actually have a chat with someone not on a text message not on social yeah, media right. but actually to have a conversation with people and and and, and conversations around money around life um, and around the wisdom and happiness that can come from seeing a bit we don't get the chance to rewind the clock and have another go it's done like life you there's no time machine to take you back so these kind of conversations to hear through the lens of someone that tomorrow and i hate to date you because you're not there yet you're still in your 70s but someone's going to be an octogenarian tomorrow that's seen so much of life it's been absolutely fantastic to hear some of your takes not just from your childhood but through the different facets of life and see how they're relevant to today's world and i genuinely hope that for our audience, our listeners, the people that follow this material, there are a few shreds uh, of wisdom in there that they can apply and help themselves with with their life. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be, uh, you know, uh, like your tales and my tales and watching my mother and what she used to get up to. Because, of course, years ago, you used to always have debt. And we always had a mirror over the fire grate. And if the electric bill come in, the gas bill come in, or the baker's bill come in, there was no money. So as these letters pushed the mirror off the wall, it all fell into the grate. My mother just used to push them all on the power and pay them all at one go. (laughs) So that's what used to happen years ago. and they think, I don't know what happened, but how it got paid, I don't know. But my mother used to pay them when it fell in the grave. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily advise that as an approach to d- uh, debt and bill management, but nonetheless, very interesting. Look, Dad, thanks a million for sharing some of your time mm-hmm. uh, and wisdom with us. We're certainly looking forward to celebrating your birthday tomorrow, and uh, we'll switch the camera off and go and get a beer and have a further chat about things a bit more interesting. So thanks a million for joining us today. And, uh, and there you have it, life through the lenses of an octogenarian. Hope you found that one useful. <laughs>